This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm Jimmy Scroggins, and today I have with me in our studios at Family Church, the director of Connections and Groups here for all of our Family Church campuses. Her name is Bev Bonner. Also with us in the studio is Kim Wells, who works with Bev in the Connections and Groups area. Ladies, it is so great to have you. Both of you are my dear friends. You're my sisters in Christ. You are outstanding leaders. Both of you serve at an executive level at Family Church. And you guys are so skilled and gifted at building teams, and you're such an integral part of what has helped our church to grow at a pretty rapid pace over the last several years. Today on Church for the Rest of Us podcast, we're starting a new series on connections. We're going to do four sessions, and this is the first of those four. Today, we'll be talking about capturing guests. All of us have guests coming to our churches. How do we capture them and their information and Velcro them on to our church? Bev and Kim, great to have you with us. Why don't we start off, Bev, with you sharing with our listeners a little bit about the journey that God has brought you on to bring you to Family Church. Well, I really feel like, Jimmy, at this point, anything I say is going to totally mess up what you just said, (laughs) and I don't know if I want to do that. (laughs) No, go ahead. I'll try. Yeah, I mean, like anybody's life, mine's been quite a journey to get to this point, and it's been one that has been a blessing to me all along the way. I mean, I was raised in a family. I grew up in Georgia, so that's where the northern accent comes from. Uh, Yeah, I thought you were from Brooklyn, but I'm (laughs) shocked to find that out. I thought you might think that. But uh, I grew up in Georgia, and in my family growing up, we went to church, and very traditional-type church, and really wasn't teaching the Bible like what we experience in family church, but it was a traditional church. I learned a lot of things in that church, a lot of a lot of my framework for God and Trinity and who He was happened in that church. And Dan and I met in high school. We married at a very, very young age. Yeah, it was legal um, in Georgia. Yeah, it was legal in Georgia. <laughs> Kim likes to say when I talk about singles from time to time, she likes to say that I never was single because I moved from my mom's house yeah. to Dan's house. So your single uh, years were middle school. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they were. So we we married at nineteen, and then we began moving around with his business, and so we actually had an opportunity in some ways where God really grew us as we moved away from family. And one of the biggest experiences we had in the the time in our life where we probably grew the most was in a very short period of just probably about two and a half years. We moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. We went to a little bitty church in Raleigh and a Bible preaching church. I mean, ultra conservative Bible preaching church. And when we got in that church, we had both been believers, but we had not been really just aggressively, fervently serving and following the Lord. And we had just had our first baby, and we got in that church, and boy, everything opened up for Dan and I. We got in a small group. We got in into serving. We were in a worship service. We were learning, memorizing God's Word, and it began to really shape our marriage and our home in our very early years, which I am completely thankful for. 
everything we did after that, from the way that we conducted our marriage, the way that we raised our children, and now influencing our grandchildren and all of that uh, really came a lot from that church. And so I began serving as a volunteer in that church. And I can remember the very first time ever sitting in a, like a getting the responsibility to be in a little message I needed to deliver to kindergartners for the very first time. And I had a education background. That's what I went to school for. I graduated. I knew how to teach in a classroom, but boy, it's the first time I was going to be teaching something spiritual. And I'll never forget being just so nervous about doing that. And I got through that and then years unfolded and we ended up moving to Orlando I stepped out of the school system and got into the first opportunity I had where a pastor kind of just challenged me to think about my calling and got involved in kids' ministry. And that's what I really cut my teeth on in the ministry, was in kids' ministry and probably before kids' ministry was really even formed very well at that church. We didn't even have one. It was basically, here's, here's a building. It needs some paint. There's a lot of junk in a lot of these rooms. You need to clean it out. And all we've had to this point is a Sunday school superintendent and a nursery coordinator. So I need you to develop a children's ministry. And that's really what I cut my teeth on. And before too long, I was doing a lot of things over time and got involved in a lot of other areas of ministry. And then we moved down to West Palm. And I'll never forget thinking, wow, how in the world... I was a year and a half away from working at the church. We moved down here with Dan's job, and the children's minister left First Baptist Church at that time, and they came to me and talked to me about it, and I remember thinking, you have no idea. I have not done anything but just put paint in buildings and coordinated some some kids' things, and I just thought, you have no idea. You're asking me to be in this big church, and I don't think I can do that, and it wasn't long after just praying and seeking the Lord and realizing this is where God had me. And God had really opened up an incredible ministry opportunity for me. So, so how long have you been on staff here at Family Church, formerly First Baptist yeah. West Palm? So I've been on staff for 22 years. 22 here. years and started in kids ministry. Yep. And over your years, you've had a lot of experience overseeing a lot of different areas from students to adult, small groups to all kinds of things, Bev, and you, you're one of our executive leaders on our executive team. You serve at the highest level at Family Church, and the things that you have done are phenomenal, and even this year, you've transitioned again into just another responsibility, because you're just like the guy in North Carolina and the guy in Orlando, and just like the pastor, uh, Keith Thomas, who was our pastor here mm-hmm. when you first came on staff. Everybody's always recognized leadership in you. And it's still going on. We're going to get to talk a lot about that. Kim, tell us a little bit about your background. Where did, how did you get to Family Church? Yeah, sure. I'll probably start with quite the opposite of uh, really as Bev. Um, I've never been married and I don't have kids, so it makes perfect sense to me that I'd work at Family Church. Um, <laughs> right. Know nothing about that, but but yeah, the road to get here um, has been unusual, I'd say. I When I was 18, I went in the military serving with the, the United States Air Force in, in Germany and uh, didn't grow up in a Christian home and really, to my knowledge, never really had contact with the gospel. But I got stationed in a shop with a couple of guys who were believers and began witnessing to me and invited me to a Bible study. And, and over time, we, you know, they kind of wore me down. And so I went and, and went to this Bible study. And, and I thought, man, these people are crazy. What in the world? They're so happy. They're singing about something. I don't know what, but something's interesting here. And uh, a good man who actually just recently went home to be with the Lord shared the gospel with me. And, and it took a little bit of time to let all that sink in. But I, I received Christ um, August 16, 1997. Wow. And that was 
you know, honestly, really the beginning of my enlistment. So I had about four years of just discipleship in a in a church in Germany. Um, some faithful missionaries um, just kind of poured into me, and and so I enlistment time reenlistment time came up, and and God started working in my heart about going to Bible college. And anyway, long story there, but I ended up at Trinity Baptist College in Jacksonville, Florida. Which is ironic because I'm actually from Seattle. So <laughs> yeah. that tree hugging coffee drinker, you know, in the deep south, what in the right. world? Had okra for the first time. You know, what's that? <laughs> but went there and then um, the Lord just kind of kept moving and I ended up the be the first director of the uh, Women and Children's Homeless Shelter. And then I went back to the Middle East for a time as a bomb inspector, <laughs> which I don't, I mean, there's some puzzle pieces and I'm sure one day the Lord will show me what, how they all fit. But did that for about four years and then ended up here in West Palm and I tell people I went, I met Bev and we went to coffee one day and the next day I quit my job and started working for her. So um, (laughs) she's got some kind of Yoda skills or something. That's how it works. Well, it's so good to have both of you guys here and the the path that God's brought you, the journey that you've been on is phenomenal. Well, today we're going to talk about capturing guests. How do we capture guests at Family Church? And if you're listening to our Church for the Rest of Us listeners, this is something that every single one of us needs to do. It doesn't matter if you have a church of 50 or a church of 500 or a church of 5,000. All of us need to capture guests. We've got to do it intentionally. We've got to do it better tomorrow than we're doing it today. Now, all of us have guests coming to our church from time to time. All of us, churches of any size. The problem is most of us don't have a good system for helping guests self-identify. Bev, why don't you talk a little bit about the philosophy that you have developed here at Family Church to help us identify our guests? Well, really, Jimmy, the philosophy goes back to who we are. I mean, we are family church, right? Right, right. So that means something things, to us. That's right. It means something to us. And I know when we first started talking about becoming family church, one of our hesitations was, well, people that are not a two-parent family with two people kids. People like Kim. Yeah. Well, people like Kim, a single. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Well, a single won't even come. And what we found out is people are looking for family. Yes. And so yes. it's really key ingredient to us. We want everyone to feel like family. And it's so important to be able to identify the guest and help them feel welcome. So you're right. Guests are coming. And I talk to people all over the country at other churches who are in charge of their guest services. And they're like, you know, the truth is we know there's guests here. We can't get anybody to self-identify. We know we have more than are letting us know. And at the end of the day, we just have to agree that, you know what, that is going to happen. But let's do the best we can and try to continue working at at least getting those that are coming to try to identify what we felt like at Family Church, if we can create the environment and that helps people feel welcome to start writing their name on a card, and if we can create as many hooks in the water as possible to try to capture them, that that is our best way to do it. And, you know, one of the things that's really kind of neat, I sat down with somebody not long ago after he had been through First Connection. His name's Doug, and we sat down and we were talking about his next step. He wanted to get involved in serving somewhere and didn't know where. And so I sat down with him, started talking with him. And how he ended up wanting to get involved in serving all began in our parking lot. Um, He came, he visited family church for the first time. And as he got out of his car, he saw a man with a straw hat in our parking lot. You know that guy. I need a hat because the sun is smoking down here. Yeah. And so he was standing out there with a straw hat and he was talking to another fellow and they both had orange shirts on. So they were identified as parking team people. But when Doug walked by, the one guy stopped his conversation, turned around and spoke to Doug and said, hey, I don't think I've seen you here before, and just began welcoming him on. And so that doesn't happen every time, but boy, it was the beginning of an impression for Doug. 
And then as he got into this, and so the guy walked him to the service, as he got into the service, what happened was that now the plate was set for him to be able to receive everything. And when we talk about how he needs to write down his name on a card, he's willing to do that because he has felt so welcome. So really, it honestly begins in the parking lot, and it starts with all of our teams And so I think the first one that we need to start with probably is our parking team. Yeah, absolutely. We spent a lot of time talking about just creating that that um, opportunity for people when they come that we really anticipate needs that they have. And that that starts even getting to our property. And so we spent a lot of time talking about our parking team. And a couple of years ago, we had a a construction project that created a a real definite need for a parking team. And we knew that that was our window to to really launch that team. And and so we spent we spent time developing that. And one of the things that we 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 figured out is that once people get here to anticipate needs, everything from, you know, if they pull in and they have a, a, a baby carriage or a, a stroller and they need help with that, or certainly needing to know where to go, we have a, a large campus and it can be very confusing for people when they pull on. So to answer questions even before they ask them. Um, and so what came out of that as well is our guest tent. And it's a, it's a bright blue tent. It's, we call it obnoxious because it is. And uh, right. we want, we want it. It's obnoxious. easy to find. It's easy to find. And so, right. you know, someone pulls on, they look at this big parking lot and they look and where do I go? Boom. There's this big blue tent. They know that's where I go. We use that to draw people. And then when they get there, we're able to direct them um, further, whether they have children, they need to go to kids ministry, or they just need help getting inside the service. Well, actually, one of the funny things we've done at our smaller campuses, they don't have as many entrances and as many doors. And we've actually really strategically placed that guest tent that you're talking about right in front of the main door they've got to walk in because we want them to have to go around the tent. Right. Uh, And so we really do place it right in the path of where they're walking. Well, you guys have done a great job uh, managing these teams, building these teams. It's been phenomenal. So we talked about our parking team and our guest tent. What what other teams do we have that help us capture guests, identify them, and and create the environment that you're talking about, Bev? Okay. Well, once they go to the guest tent, and one of the things we've done with the guest tent, if I can just add that on, we actually have made that a very non-intimidating place. We don't ask them for a ton of information. We just, we offer them a bottle of water. We have a sign-in sheet that says, thank you for being here and being our guest. And we ask for their name and their phone number. And it really kind of disarms the guest because we give them a gift and a bottle of water and then walk them into the service. And then once they get into the service, even at the doors, what they're going to encounter are greeter teams that are focused on people. You know, Jimmy, the tendency is for us all to focus on a task at hand. And so one of the things that we've done is we've taken the program, which everybody wants a program. They want to know what to expect when they get inside. We've taken the program away from the people at the outside doors because we don't want people walking up and the first thing they do is get hit with information. So it's kind of a little bit disarming for them. People opening the doors are are greeting them and welcoming them. Then maybe that next few steps in to an inside door, they they may get a program there that kind of equips them for the service. But another key is to assign places for our greeters, because if we assign a place, they're there every week, Sunday after Sunday. They're seeing the same faces. People generally walk in the same patterns and paths, right? Creatures of habit. And so what happens is they immediately notice someone that is different than who they've been seeing. And they will automatically, if they've never met them, their key phrase is they'll say, hey, I don't think I've met you yet. Right. 
because they truly haven't. And it's somebody new in their path. And so the assignment of places is is very critical for us. And then one of the other things that we've done is was a really simple tweak that we ended up putting connectors on the inside of our services. Yeah, talk a little bit about that, because I think this is a really good play for us at all of our camps. Talk about our sanctuary connectors. Yeah, it really has. What we've done is we started noticing that guests come a little early, right? They, our regular crowd, they know the ropes, so they come in sometimes late, right? But Or certainly on time. But our guests many times will come early. And so what we did is we started equipping. We started first with our staff. And we started equipping everybody with what we call our Get Connected card. And I think Kim's going to talk about that in just a minute. But we we equipped them with a Get Connected card, which is a simple card for them just to fill out their name and their best contact information. And what we did is we gave it to our staff teams and said, here's three or four of these cards before the service. I want you to walk around. I want you to talk to people, meet people. If they're seated, they're a captive audience, right? I mean, they're not going to walk away. Right, right, right. <laughs> so the person's seated. And we're walking up to them, and we're getting into a conversation with them and letting that conversation develop a little bit. And then at some point saying to them, hey, you know what? We're just so glad you're here today. Is there any way, if you don't mind, would you take a minute and just fill out this card? And we either wait for it or we ask them to just put it in the offering plate when it's passed. And that's one way that we intentionally talking with people, engaging them in a little bit of conversation, then getting to to the card and asking them to fill out a card for us. Yeah, it's been really key for us. So, Kim, talk a little bit about that Get Connected card. Why is that so crucial for our scheme? Yeah, absolutely. So, we, we try to capture, you know, as much information as possible to be able to follow up with people. And we know that people aren't naturally inclined to self-identify. For some reason, that just maybe puts them off a little bit. And so, we have a phrase we use around here, we put a lot of hooks in the water. And uh, we do that to try to, to capture our guests. And so, whether it's the, the guest tent or back inside with our program at the at the bottom. That's where we have our Get Connected card. We ask them to fill that out. And honestly, intentionally, in every service, at least here, something mentioned about the Get Connected card at least three times. Right. And and I know that even you know from the platform, that's something that you intentionally drive when, when you're up there. And uh, it's just to it's asked for very minimal information. We've gone from um, really address and all that to just the name and either an email or a phone number. And then we have a, a thing that we'll talk about later, First Connection, um, and there's an opportunity for them to sign up for it. So it's a very streamlined, very simple card. But we think that that limited information that people would be more inclined to just offer that to us. Yeah, and that's that's a very intentional process. I love the way that you guys have built these teams and built the process together. So we go from our parking team when somebody drives on the lot where people trying to capture them there. We have a guest tent we're trying to capture them there we have door greeters we're trying to connect with them there uh, we have inside sanctuary connectors we're trying to connect with them there we have a get connected card at every step somebody's trying to get them to fill out a get connected card so we have some information a way to connect with them but there's one more thing that we do at the end of all of our gatherings on sundays we preach the bible and then we give an invitation and we invite people to come forward to the front and to take next steps and we do that different ways sometimes we do it during a song most of the time we do it hey we're going to dismiss and after we dismiss we'd like for you guys to come down here and we talk about our next step team is here to receive you we do some version of this at every campus mm-hmm. beth talk a little bit about our next steps team well and jimmy i don't ever want to discount the influence of the pastor on the platform you know and certainly since i'm sitting here talking with you i don't want to do that ah, but, yeah. very <laughs> nice okay okay no but the truth is when you're at the end and you actually say 
hey, if I've never had the chance to personally meet you, I would love to meet you and put a name with a face. People respond to that. They, they, they want to meet that pastor. And they so do. that's one of the ways that you get into that invitation. But I think one of the things that's really helped us, and again, we constantly make little bitty tweaks. We had an next steps team for a while, but when we moved to the place where you were saying, hey, we have an invitation for you, and one of our invitations is that you would find where your next place is here to serve, or you would take a step with us here. And as our next steps team is coming right now, and I think it was key when we made that, you remember, we we weren't calling them down front before. We had them just come up at the end after you closed the service. But when we started calling them down front and had them stand along the front, people sitting in the audience could actually go, wow, see that lady right there? I think I'm comfortable going and talking to her. Mm -hmm. Or that guy right there, that's somebody I've seen him. I think I'll connect with him. I'll go I'll go and right. talk with him for a minute. And it's not an intimidating thing. Right. But the key part of this whole process is everything we've named to this point is us proactively stepping out towards our guest, us offering the guest tent, us having the parking team, us having the door greeters. This is a time where we extend an invitation and people actually step toward us. Yeah, and I like that a lot. And one of the things that you guys have done a great job with, too, is these people that come on our next step seems they're natural people, people. So they connect very easily. They're very easy to talk to. That's they're right. good conversationalists. You try to put people up there who don't look too weird. You know? That's right. <laughs> you know, you, 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 we keep the weird ones somewhere else. And uh, the other thing is every single one of them is trained. If they need to, they can lead somebody to Christ. That's right. They can yeah. help them find where a small group is. They can help them find. Sometimes we have people, you know, we're a downtown church who need benevolence help. They know what to do about that. So you have trained them, whether it's sign up for First Connection, fill out the Get Connected card, pray to receive Christ, talk about baptism, find a group, find a way to serve. These people are, are not only trained, but they're eager to actually help people take those next steps. And I love the way that you guys do that. Now, one more thing before we kind of wrap this up, Kim, you guys get information when they fill out that Get Connected card, wherever venue we get it from them, that's really valuable to us. But the fact still is people come to our church and they don't fill out the gift right. card. They don't turn it in. But we still have some sneaky ways to get information from them. Talk to us a little bit about the family church deep state. This is part That's of right. our Sherlock <laughs> operation. Well, you know, one of the great things um, with our kids ministry, of course, is that every time a parent drops off their child, they have to identify themselves so that when they right. come to claim the child that That's we... part of our security system. Right, exactly. And so we've just developed a system where we cross-check the people who logged in as guest in kid check with the get connected cards that we received and so easily were I able to identify some people that maybe didn't fill out a get connected card but they they did identify themselves through kid check the other thing we do is with our small groups um, right. with the guest registrations and so it, it may be that someone will come with a, a friend of theirs on a Wednesday night to a small group they've not been to a maybe a worship service or maybe they have and they just haven't filled out the get connected card we're able to identify um, guests that way now the you know the call that we make or the connection that we make with them is gonna be a little bit different because they haven't been to a worship service or we don't know that they have, but we're still able to capture that information. And really, that's our goal is to any way that we can to identify people that are on our campus and to be able to, to really to connect with them and help them find where they need to go. Yeah, I think that's important because if you're a guest and you're not, if you don't know the whole church system, if I've already filled this stuff that's out right. while I checked in my kids and then you ask me for a Get Connected card, I'm thinking, surely these people know I just gave them that information. I'm not being obstinate. I already gave you this information right. in another venue. And so I think just being able to collect the information instead of saying, oh, you know, if you filled it out here, then we 
Make them fill out one set of information. Right. You guys do such a great job. The key that I love, if there's one takeaway for our listeners from this conversation, you know, our listeners all have different kinds of churches. All of us have different systems. This is not a perfect system, and we're always tweaking it and trying to improve it. But one thing I'd say to our listeners, why don't you just be intentional? Why don't you be intentional about training some people and creating an environment where you have a better chance to capture more of your guests? If you will do that, those cars that are filled out are like, solid gold. And if you'll do that and you'll be intentional and create an environment and train some people to join in that mission with you, you and your church will have a better chance to grow and a better chance to reach people for Christ right where you are with the resources that you have. Hey, this is all the time we have today. So glad, Bev and Kim, that you guys were able to join us. We're going to be back with Bev and Kim next week talking about tracking guests after we get their information. So listeners, we want to hear from you. Please share your comments on familychurchnetwork.com. And we look forward to being with you again on Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out familychurchnetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you, too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.